What is up, world? It is Mark here, back with another episode of The Sensory Corner, a podcast surrounding all conversations, sensory, parenting, and occupation-related. Uh, my name is Mark. I'll be your host for today, and this podcast is being brought to you guys by Senso Minds. Uh, the whole reason why I'm holding this podcast is because I've been holding various conversations with OTs, SLPs, sensory parents, and even just specialists and mental health therapists within the sensory or special needs realm. And I hope that by sharing these conversations, we can have a much more well-rounded discussion and a much more healthier discourse on what it's like to be a child living in a world with sensory or special needs. And most importantly, how exactly do they learn, grow, and develop? Hopefully by the end of these podcasts, we together as a community can help children better integrate into the world around them. But anyways, that's enough for me. My name is Mark. I'll be your host for today. And this is the Sensory Corner. So for today's topic, we're going to be talking about obstacle courses. And no, I'm not talking about American Ninja Warrior or P90X or anything like that. Yes, I love those things, by the way, not sponsored whatsoever. But we're going to be talking about certain strategies you can implement in your own home given the current circumstances where you can give your children the movement they need and possibly spark some imagination in the parents so that you guys don't feel lost when you're trying to make your own obstacle course for your child. There are tons of benefits, not only from a gross motor perspective, but also from a motor planning and cognitive aspect as well. To help us out with this podcast is a returning OT. Her name's Andrea Dumar. Find her on Instagram. Her name's The OT Room, and she has tons of resources which you parents can access anytime you want on instagram where you can spark your own imagination keep your child busy at home anyways that's enough for me let's just jump into the podcast. so for me creating obstacle courses it's a way to get some fun and get some movement into our sessions instead of just sitting at the tables sitting on the floor it gets them moving and you're also working on some core muscle strength you're working on shoulder strength as you're working your way through the obstacle course as well as providing your body with a whole bunch of sensory input by the different movements whether you're crawling through a tunnel you're jumping on the trampoline you're using tweezers you're working on a whole lot of skills and really strengthening a whole lot of muscles but it's Mm -hmm. also a lot of fun for the child it's like wow look at this are is the child staying on task are they running off and getting distracted so it's a whole lot of skills going into one activity. The limit when it comes to obstacle courses, you can throw anything you want in there just to be mm-hmm. able to develop anything you want. Okay, awesome. Uh, in case parents or anybody listening to this podcast and tuning in didn't listen to the last podcast, um, what, what exactly were the benefits of tummy time and crawling? Because that, that's where this topic kind of came from with respect to obstacle courses. Why exactly do those very primitive almost and very gross motor movements matter, especially in the early stages for a child. So tummy time and crawling are setting the foundation to develop the head, neck, the core, the core (coughs) muscles. And through crawling, you're also helping strengthen the muscles of the arms, which are going to be necessary as your child gets older for the pre-writing strokes, um, future handwriting, all of that all comes back into into play. So if your child does have some weak core muscles, it might come to impact and have some negative influences on the academic arena. So really through crawling, extra tummy time, you're developing those skills later on. And then even if there is some weakness that we see in the school, the OT can work on further developing that through obstacle courses, other activities, but obstacle courses is a good big one that can also be done at home. 
So obstacle courses can, I, I don't want to say it's a cure almost, but if a child didn't get enough tummy, tummy time as a child, just ensuring they get that gross motor movement is what's most important for them to be able to develop the, that core strength or that shoulder stability, as you were saying. Yeah, um, yeah. crawling through the obstacle at works on some of that extra core strength and shoulder stability that they might need. Mm-hmm. And it, as you said, it's a fun way. It's not, it doesn't seem like exercise because it, it's not like P90X type of stuff, which you're making them do, right? No, never. <laughs> okay. Some crawling, some running, jumping, all the fun stuff. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry I brought that up. P90X kind of gave me, it gave me bad memories. I just remember doing ice climbers. The way you're breaking this up and the way we're talking about it, it's almost as if they need to do ice climbers, do push-ups, and then no, crawl on the floor. Not that much. No. <laughs> we're getting close there, but not that much. Um, awesome. So with respect to obstacle courses, what exactly do you include into them? Because th- this is me looping back the conversation. Uh, sky's the limit with respect to obstacle courses. So usually there is a stopping point and the end point. So sometimes a big one that I'll use as the starting point is grab a puzzle piece and then have them grab the puzzle piece. And then in the obstacle course, I can have them go up and down a step stool. So you're working mm-hmm. on going up and down, which is like similar to going up and down the stairs. I'll have them crawl through the tunnel. So again, crawling, working on developing the shoulder strength. It's also giving them some proprioceptive input by doing a heavy work activity, pushing through their arms. Mm-hmm. I'll, have them jump in and out of ring. So jump, hop, gallop, mm-hmm. skip, all different gross motor skills. You can throw other things and I'll have them grab a colored fish, put it in the end at the same color. So same, same, working on same and different. Or mm-hmm. throw some tweezers in there, pick up an item with tweezers, carry them on the tweezers through the whole obstacle course. Now you're in. Wow. Now you're working on hand strength, grip strength, the fine motor skills of it. So you're just throwing in all of these different skills. No, no skills going on top. That's what I got a plan. Yeah. Uh, for the parents out there who might not know what proprioceptive input is or vestibular input, if you were to describe those two things, because those were thrown around, um, if you were to put them into layman's terms, what, what would you tell a parent? Um, what so proprioceptive input is? The proprioception would be like bouncing, jumping, the pushing and pulling. So the heavy work activities that, your body might need that just provides some extra feedback and pressure to your child. So some children might seek heavy, like the weighted blankets, that's providing your child with the proprioceptive input to help calm them, soothe them. So we're getting that energy out by doing the heavy work activities. Vestibular is your position in space. So are you moving up and down the way your head moves? Um, Swinging, bouncing, bouncing up and down on a ball, rolling over a ball head first. Or like if you're walking and you just fall sideways into a pillow, the crashing, the way you're changing your body position. Can obstacle courses help develop that overall uh, spatial awareness within children? Or is that tied in to proprioception? I think, um, I think it, the spatial awareness could fall under kind of both of them. Because mm-hmm. like the proprioception, it's like your perception of your body position. So like how close you are. Mm-hmm. To someone like yeah. graded pressure as if you're using a crayon am I pushing too hard and yeah. when I'm pushing through my hands am I falling over mm-hmm. or like vestibular is like your ability to hold yourself in that position so as mm-hmm. you fall over is your head flying down or are you able to hold your head 
in position that you're not losing your balance, losing your posture. Okay. Like your spatial awareness, it comes into play with both of them. Yes. Oh, okay. So the, the act of moving, just knowing that you're putting in that work to get into a certain position. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you're trying to incorporate all these different elements into your obstacle course. You're, you're continually making the child change levels. You're trying to change how they're, they're moving, but you're also trying to incorporate different muscle groups is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You want to incorporate <clears throat> the core strength, the shoulder strength. You want to get the body movement moving so that eventually we're developing those muscles for future activities like handwriting as they get mm-hmm. older. But wow. in the same sense, you're working on that, but then you're also trying to work on attention, stay on the task. Are you, can they sequence the activity? Can they wow. move through all the parts without losing each step? The ability mm-hmm. to motor plan. So now I just threw an obstacle at them. Can they figure out what they have to do to get through that obstacle? Wow. I, I didn't even realize that motor planning and sequencing could come into play for obstacle courses, but you're right. You're, you're, you're modeling for them visually what they should be doing to, in order to get through the course. That never crossed my mind. It was just movement, movement, movement. Um, so, and like the cognitive components too. So that's why obstacle mm-hmm. courses are great because it's so many different at, things that you're working on all in one. Are parents aware of where their child is cognitively or intellectually um, in order to be able to follow along with these steps? With an I'm obstacle very course? open with my parents that yeah. I, of the child I work with. So I always tell them what we did in the session, what we worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll email parents or when we have the IEP meetings come up, I'll say, this is what we're working on. And then Yes, one parent, I'll be like, yes, we're trying to keep him. He can do the obstacle courses, but it's trying to keep him on task because he'll not try to do each step. He'll try to just run through and skip them all. So I'm very transparent. Let's say we're trying to sequence and keep step by step instead of just running from start to finish. Interesting. So what are the main issues you usually run into with obstacle courses? Because when it comes to very big movements or very high energy activities, as you said, sometimes it can be hard to keep a child on task, on folks, because you're, you're revving them up almost. You're revving up their engine. Uh, so are there any, I guess, any, any roadblocks or any obstacles you run into when trying to complete, the, complete these obstacle courses? Because there's a lot of benefits to them, but, you know, high risk, high reward type thing. <laughs> um, I think you just have, like, sometimes the children will try to rush through it because it's like, oh, my God, I have to get all of them real quick as fast as we can so we can play a game or do something else after it's oh, okay. short. We got to try to rush through everything. So that was <laughs> fun. I got to impress fun. Andrea. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was trying and to how... that. Again, if they're skipping steps, so that's one that's like, Oh, you forgot a step, make, go back and do it. Don't skip this step. Do you tell like, them during the obstacle course or after? During. So it'll be during. like, okay. let's go back. Let's redo it. Mm-hmm. Or like jumping, they'll kind of do one leg jump, one leg jump instead of a full jump. And it's like, no, let's get both feet off the floor and hop. So it's trying to okay. slow down when some of the kids are trying to rush. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, this is a question more so for the parents listening to this podcast. Uh, how long should these obstacle courses usually be? Well, what, what has usually worked for you um, in your uh, practice? It shouldn't be like an, it doesn't take up the whole session, but 
depending on how many steps it could take five minutes it could take a little longer depending how quick the child moves through each of the <clears throat> steps of the obstacle course or how long the obstacle course is sometimes when i do ones with tweezers those ones take a little longer to do because mm -hmm. when the child drops it or is just having trouble using the tweezers one with a puzzle if it's a simple puzzle that they're getting to the end it can be quicker so it can vary mm -hmm. Awesome. Right, so, something that parents can do at home. Yeah. If a parent doesn't have um, tweezers or a puzzle, uh, this is more so kind of a brainstorming session because I'm, even I'm trying to work through it in my head. If we were to put ourselves into the shoes of a parent, how exactly would you make an obstacle course at home? So you don't have to necessarily use tweezers. If you have okay. kitchen, kitchen tongs, that you would pick up like meat or toss a salad, but you can use those yep. as tweezers. They work just as good. You can have them climb up and down the couch, whether if you don't want them climbing on the couch, you get pots or just toys and line them up and have the child go in and out of them like a snake, like a zigzag. You can okay. create animal crawls into, so be a bear, be a frog, be a crab. Those are also great activities that are strengthening muscles and getting the child moving that can be done as part of an obstacle course. Mm -hmm. If they don't have a puzzle, use some of the child's toys and sort them. All the cars go over here, all the trucks go over here, airplanes over here. So sort it, add a cognitive component to it. Mm -hmm. That cognitive piece I, I find is really interesting. Um, do you ever put themes on your obstacle courses or is that just not your style? Um, sometimes, like this week, was St. Patty's Day, so I had them use tweezers and pick up gold coins and shamrocks. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and it's like Does that use leprechaun, like get the gold coins <laughs> the leprechaun, put them in the pot of gold. Mm -hmm. So they can. Okay. Does that usually Sometimes help I get buy-in? I'll pick the puzzle. What puzzle do you want to do today? Because some okay. of them have a favorite puzzle, so let them pick. Have them have a say. Of um, course. If they're stepping on, like sometimes I'll do stepping on like little stones. They're like kind of like cups. So it's like you got to mm -hmm. balance your foot on the top. So it's like, which ones do you want to use? I love it. Okay. <laughs> this brings me back to my child days when I would play games with my little brother. I'd tell him like the, like the floor was lava. He'd need to yeah, jump on the couches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I would make him put on... This is more so, I don't know if it's bullying. It's not. I made him put a laundry hamper over his back and I'd throw socks and be like, oh no, there's meteors hitting you. And then like, you'd have to like, you have to crawl and like dodge them. But like there's his- socks at the end, find the same, 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 match socks. That, you get them to do your laundry? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. And see, I love how, how diverse obstacle courses can be. It doesn't have to be a P90X grueling exercise course. It, mm -hmm. it can literally just be a lot of fun. Anyways, that, that pretty much wraps up today's podcast. Thank you so much for this. This was no problem. Thanks for having it, me. No, <laughs> definitely. Anyways, that wraps up today's podcast. My name is Mark. This is the Sensory Corner. Hope you have a good day, guys. Bye. You've just been tuned in to the Sensory Corner, a podcast surrounding all things sensory, parenting, and occupation related. This podcast is being brought to you by Senso Minds. Senso Minds is dedicated to designing and creating new sensory kits and sensory toys for your child to gain the stimulation they need in order to better integrate into the world around them. 
If you like what you hear, make sure you give us a follow on our Instagram and social media handles. Just search us up on Facebook or Instagram at Senso Minds, S-E-N-S-O-M-I-N-D-S. Also, if you liked what you hear and want to keep tuning in, make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening from. It really does help us reach a larger audience and help more parents out there. Thank you so much. This is Mark signing off. Goodbye.